Oh, yeah. Thank you, Bad Mary, for that too sweet introduction. <laughs> and welcome to U.S. Comics Cast, episode 85. Two topics, 60 minutes for the people. I am John Rivera, the CEO and co-founder of U.S. Comics, wishing you a happy comic book day. And if this motherfucker's the CEO, that makes me the COO, <laughs> Charlie Rivera. Some people like to call me Boom Boom. Some call me Disaster Room. Some call me Master Blaster. But as long as you don't call me late for the podcast on Wednesdays that you're watching, my intro time's up. All I know is that Charlie is indeed the boss of Barter Town, and that's a fact. We are joined by the only man to exit when two men enter the Thunderdome, <laughs> Nick motherfucking Atanasio, friend of the program. Nick, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Oh, it is my absolute, absolute pleasure to join you guys. Thank you Hell for asking yeah. me. Nick I is, can't wait. Nick is on loan to us from Clarkson University, where he does all the unmentionables, <laughs> mops the hallways, doing like uh, math problems on the wall, like uh, like my man Will. Yeah. Um, just re <laughs> recruiting till till they're filled up to the rafters, uh, and he does this all with all of his awesome '80s knowledge. I, I don't know how your haircut fits so well. With a fucking brain that big, it's it's um as you might know, as some of you might know, I'm also CEO and founder of Handsome Incorporated. Damn they, straight, yeah. And so Damn you have straight. to keep the hair looking just right at all times to no, promote true. Handsome all over the world. That's true. He's he's a co-founder, founding member, um, just a paragon of everything that Handsome Inc. stands for. I myself. I'm a card-carrying member. Underneath this quaff is just perfect. Take my word for it. Charlie wears his quaff on his chin, so he is aspiring, dare I represent I say. that triple XL chapter. He does. We he bring does. it on. It's the chapter we don't discuss publicly. No, we don't, we don't talk about them. They're kind of like Lambda, 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 Lambda yes. except that their dues are much, much higher. For I, one I, reason or another. I like to think that we're disavowed like Tom Cruise in every <laughs> other Mission Impossible movie. That's the triple X chapter of Handsome Inc. Your and mission I, is a panty raid. If it fails, we will not acknowledge your existence. And I appreciate the Lambda 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 reference because there's a lot in our topics today. Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> is a movie we can discuss Oof, in detail. So. People, better, people better sit down because there's some... Going to be some head-shaking, cringe-worthy stuff on the agenda, boy, oh boy. Well, before we hit that timer, and before we hand it over to my brother to mm. start with this first segment this week, I have to call a flag on a play. Already? Because look, we just talked about Handsome Inc. Already there's a flag on the play. Look at this what? handsome, studly motherfucker, and then look at his room. Look at that. No, oh. not you, John. Oh, you tried to mature your confused. shit up. I got don't confused. Pre don't pretend people don't know. All of a sudden, pops are hidden. Now this <laughs> leather-bound book, that smell of mahogany. Meanwhile, Yo, I look have, at mother... Well, no, no, you shut your mouth. I got a mouth. birthday coming up. I need to, you know, I need no, to you, represent... You shut your old ass up, because look at Nick <laughs> in his Save Ferris t-shirt. He got a Beavers jersey on the wall like he's turning into Teen Wolf. Motherfucker has a 12-pack. 
like he's Finn Balor from the WWE, misleading girls. Unbelievable! This since '83, this piece of shit picks up a girl, and I know now he's he's taken and blah blah blah. But when he was young and reckless, bringing a girl home to his giant VHS. Charlie collection. is just How dare you mislead? going to town you on got that a Nintendo new relationship pillow, man. with a double-bladed axe like he's running. Like he is the DM putting us, ev- everyone else, in precarious situations that he knows he can get out of with his axe. Jeez, Louise, Charlie just lighting fires all over just, town. I, God find bless it, him. I was supposed to own the nerdy shit. Beavers. He got the Rocky trunks on the wall. I see Back to the Future memorabilia. I see what he's doing. Yeah, you can't have reps. all the categories, Nick. You and, can't and have then, all of it. And here I am trying to like display it, but obviously I can't tell my left and my right on his camera screen. So I'm like trying to show you the Teen Wolf stuff, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Here it is. That's the party. There are oh, university professionals. Maybe handsome, maybe <laughs> handsome but not smart. Yeah, that's true. Look, people can't have everything. Give me a break. Like, no. You have to have realistic expectations. As Charlie points to the nearly empty Tito's, he reminds me that we are indeed brought to you by very loving, very uh, giving, very talented sponsors. So I do want to mention them before we launch into our topic and the salt starts flying. Um, bringing us in with the Tulsa Tones, Bad Mary themselves. Guys, do yourselves a favor. Uh, don't wait for our weekly installment to listen to your Bad Mary. Go ahead and uh, be a go-getter. Show your somebody. Be an American, not an American. Go to at Bad Mary Band on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Check out everything that they have there. They do um, they, they do all kinds of specials. You'll see them performing uh, live. Um, go to badmary.com. Go check out their Patreon uh, page, patreon.com slash badmary, or just badmary on any of your music streaming devices of your, of your choice. We're also brought to you by the Sarge himself right here on Facebook, Facebook Gaming, Sergeant Finesse. He's doing it 8, 9, 10, 50 hours a day. Um, he's playing Warzone. He's playing World of Warcraft. He's running around like an alien, killing humans. The other day, I saw him running around looking like a bubble guppy, jumping all over <laughs> things, flying in discs. I don't know what the hell was. I, I had to check that I I didn't drink some milk that was expired out of my fridge because I thought I was tripping out for a minute. He the does the most it all. reluctant episode of Fall Guy I've ever seen oh, was him he was angry. Like, okay, I'll do it. But he was cracking up, and he had a. First of all, his his son uh, X Man was cracking up, so it was worth the price of admission. Just that, but also if you want to um, certainly check out his Facebook pay- gaming page here on Facebook. But also, if you really really want to support him and you want a little jolt, go check out Sneak Energy Drink. Put in code SGT at checkout. The Sarge gets a little something something. You get some good clean. Uh, energy that's not going to send you to the hospital like <laughs> me messing around with other energy drinks. Um, he's awesome. So we that business with stand uh, being taken care of. Uh, Charlie, let me lubricate real quick. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time I've heard you say that. Nor the last, my friend. <laughs> Charlie, start my time, son. Time has begun. Okay. It's gonna get a little. Day after the beach, salty in here. After the segment, you're going to need a shower. 
I guarantee you, because you're going to be caked up, not able to move, and questioning some of your decisions and commentary of the past. Good idea, Nick. Knock it back. So here I am. I've got a birthday fast approaching, and I'll be honest, I was pretty confident I had everything figured out. If there was something to be known, I knew it. Uh, also, opinions, much like assholes, everybody's got them, and they all stink, including mine. So um, it came to my attention that upcoming on uh, HBO Max, which I happily stream off of Charlie's password. Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, one of my all-time favorite movies, and, and this is going to connect, I promise. Uh, my One of my all-time favorite movies, Blazing Saddles, was going to make its HBO Max debut. I worship at the altar, as I like to say, I realize. No need to comment. I worship at the altar of Mr. Mel Brooks. If the United States had a version of knighthood, I'm saying we, we should bestow it on, on, uh, you know, on Mr. Mel Brooks himself because he's a god among men. Uh, I believe he's 2,000 years old minimum. <laughs> um, but that being said, it came to my attention that one of my all-time favorite movies was going to have a little something extra when you when you decided content. to stream. Now, now, don't get me wrong, Charlie. It's not a, a Mongo hidden scene. It's not a, the, the the talented uh, the, the talented and amazing Cleavon Little uh, with with an, a little Easter egg of maybe exactly where he got the Gucci saddlebags from. It's um, you know, it's not it's not Gene Wilder parting his hair to the other side in a particular scene. You're like, oh, there's no continuity there. No, there's nothing of that. It's going to be, in essence, a, a writer at the top of the program, which uh, my first impression was to say, what they're putting an apology before the fact of blazing saddles and and when i say that uh, i'm gonna go ahead and, and paraphrase it a little bit so again hbo max has attached before blazing saddles um there's gonna be a film scholar and tcm host jacqueline stewart um so and they did something very similar to this uh with gone with the wind they actually took gone with the wind off of the platform and then put it back on with this kind of mini uh, with this mini video of uh, uh, of Stewart contextualizing the the content that people were going to see. Now, Gone with the Wind, I had no problem. It, honestly, it was barely a blip on my radar. Um, yeah, but here, the wind. well, here's the thing: it's like you, you well, you can't. But but in terms of the context, there are plenty of people that that we know that have never seen or read Gone with the Wind, so they don't have context. Mm -hmm. Blazing Saddles. Everyone. Well, I would put institution. I would put good money on the fact that not only has everyone in my circle seen it, but can properly quote it for the most part. Like we could go through the majority. Certainly, the three of us, we can go through the majority of the movie, exchanging quote for quote in order. Am I wrong? Nope. Uh, yeah, that's okay. accurate. Head on. So <laughs> the um, sheriff's uh, So so here we are. 
uh, and we're getting something similar. And and basically, she, and and I, again, I'm I'm paraphrasing. Don't let this prevent you. Uh, well, it shouldn't prevent you from going to watch it because it's it's all valid. But basically, the idea was for anyone who's coming to Blazing Saddles for the first time that this was going to give some context that the even though the movie uses very harsh and hateful language um that it's not done in a harsh or hateful way on the contrary that they're depicting narrow-minded ignorant bigots in the movie comedically we're, we're making fun of the collective we're making fun of these people and showing just how ridiculous they are where the two main characters played by Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder are, you know, they're, they're showing, you know, they're showing all this small minded bullshit to be what it is while actively laughing at it. And also, by the way, spoiler alert, saving the day. So (laughs) I, I quickly went from like uh, being aghast that this was happening to and this this is headline culture, which I realize that I'm a part of. Um, I was offended by the headline, but I was offended so much that I said, let me see about this. All the better for me to bitch about it later. And then in doing my research, I had to sit back and say, all right, well, that's I guess that's okay. Like, nobody's asking for my opinion, but you know what my opinion is that, yeah, it's okay. Certainly doesn't take... I would much rather have uh, a little mini writer that's not intended for me because I, I know the movie, I understand the context, and I get who the joke is on. The joke is on them, not on us, right? Um, so I, I get it. That writer is not for me. It's for anyone who hasn't had, who doesn't have people who love them enough to sit them down in front of a TV and say, watch Blazing Saddles. It's the funniest <laughs> shit ever. And also, Mel Brooks is a fucking genius. So He's actually going to teach you something. This is something that Nick, that Charlie and I talk about quite often. The best art Mm. entertains you, but then leaves a a little education worm behind. Like, Mm. like you were on Star Trek on a, on a, you know, on a ship and uh, cons dropping some, some worms into your shit. And now you don't know if up is up is down or whatever. So, um, I got that. That's not intended for me. It's intended for those people who who are not, you know, who are not on that level. The dumb or so, the ignorant. That's exactly. So, uh, just real quick, because this is my appetizer. Uh, just going around the way. I mean, clearly, I've, I think I've defended it admirably. But real quick, like, well, how, how do you guys feel about this new little addition to the runtime of Blazing Saddles? Nick, after you. Sure, thank you. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all, actually. I think it's you're a um, smart man. It, does, it doesn't change my uh, remembering the movie the way it was. It doesn't change uh, my fondness of the movie. And I think it's a great thing for people who've never seen the movie before, people who don't know what the movie's about, to see this and understand the humor. It that can't Mel hurt. It can't hurt. hurt. You know, and people forget that Richard Pryor helped write that movie too. So there's a lot of reasons, a lot of great stuff in there. The first time I ever saw a disclaimer in front of a, uh, something like that was I want to say in the mid 2000s. Warner Brothers came out with the uh, Looney Tunes all on DVD, mm. and right and right before the vid, each video they had Whoopi Goldberg. I remember this one come out and talk about the racial stereotypes that you would see oh, in, wow. in these c- cartoons, making the note saying, 
they were in a, they were wrong then they're right. wrong now right. but they were a part of history we just want to explain what was going on so i have absolutely no problem with this no. i think it's i think it's educational i think it's great um you know you're going to start seeing things that that turn come in which movies, especially from the, the 80s and the 70s and going back further, mm -hmm. you're going to see those disclaimers in the beginning of the movies. And I find nothing wrong with that. It shouldn't take away your enjoyment of it. It's just going to make people more aware of what they're watching. No, I, I'm with I, you, man. I think to double down on, on the point you're both making, not to be wildly boring, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, the truth is, the only people who could possibly be offended by this are again it's the it's it's one of three categories it's evil people who want the wrong message to get past the goalie mm -hmm. it's stupid people who can't look outside <laughs> their own bubble or it's ignorant people who god bless them they're so fucking innocent they don't see how anyone wouldn't understand that message but i can talk for myself like nick like you john i fucking love movies so much so that in the 90s and 2000s when director commentaries were like the main fucking reason i bought dvds they would sometimes be like well, i use this color palette because xyz and it gives away the ending and i'd be on my couch like what the i did to the first fucking minute you gave away the end you <laughs> son of a bitch so if but you I watched having, the, the director commentary before you seen the movie, I already saw the movie in theaters. Oh, 12 okay, times. Okay. Like when I saw the fucking matrix, I was 20 viewings deep when I got that <laughs> DVD. I didn't fucking need to see Neo's adventure. I needed to hear the Wachowski sisters explain what the fuck drugs they were on. But it was on sale for $2. So you were going to own it. That's I was going to own a few copies of it. Yeah, and you do like literally every version that came out. Like, um, oh, I need a new one. <laughs> I kind of want. I, I I want every movie now to have like a quick disclaimer. Be like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Be like he's kind of a dick. <laughs> movie like just fucking just hit us with some it's facts. It's not cool to not listen to your parents. All right, <laughs> yeah, kids, here's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what, you guys again more eloquent than I and quicker, which everyone appreciates. Uh, you may yeah, you have made two the minutes point. left in your segment. Yeah, that's all. I'm gonna use them all, but I'm gonna use your 30. So don't worry about it. Um, but that being said, uh, and and I think we can all agree on that. And I think after this, we're all gonna be watching Blazing Saddles on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm um, watching that bitch right now. <laughs> but one thought leads me to another. Uh, well, leads me to two thoughts. The first thought being. Painting with broad strokes is problematic in art. If you're painting your room or certainly when you're battling social issues through art contextually. Right. Um, so because I feel this way about blazing saddles, that doesn't mean that I feel this way about other versions, variations of the same theme. Mm. Uh, if somebody says, Hey, you know, that thing you love, there's a few problems that maybe you didn't think about it. And it go, it, it be, it's as offensive as that, like real, like kitty cat, soft baby puppy fur level. Like, Hey, you know what? You love this thing. Maybe it's not really that perfect. Do you ever think of that? And, and I'm taking out like machetes and slapping on brass knucks. And I'm ready to go to town because what do we do with things we love is we defend them. Exactly. uh violently and mm -hmm. without thinking like we don't take a moment 
I, I and I'll just speak for myself. I I apologize for generalizing. Um, I don't often. I I don't punch ever. Charlie will tell you. Even if you're a child, I don't punch. I counter punch. Mm. But I fucking they call me Johnny over the top at the office, and that's a true story. I counter punch hard, and I do it reflectively. I don't often think like mm, maybe I should. Maybe just take this one on the chin, Rock. Maybe Apollo doesn't need this overhand because he's going to have a, an issue with, with uh, Drago pretty soon. So something came across my desk taking umbrage with 300. Oh, shit. Now, here we're, we're going straight from the 70s where they had every excuse under the sun to 99. We're like, people were starting to wake up. At, yeah. at least starting to right alicia silverstone was was still eating meat at that point so people were just starting to wake up but 300 rolls out in comic book form and then eventually in the much uh much uh viewed movie form fucking so, guy his props so frank miller he wrote and uh illustrated the comic which i loved Right then, they turned it into a movie, which I also loved. I saw, uh, you know, it was it wasn't my Matrix like Charlie, but I definitely had more than one viewing of it. Um, you know, I watched it and it and it hit on a visceral level. It was like so over the top, gory, so violent, so it, it pumped up whatever gland of like justice gland that we have uh, in us at birth. It pumped it up. Everybody looked like Nick does under the safe fair shirt. So like, like you don't eat a carb for like a month after you watch 300. Even now you're like, fuck that donut, son. I'll take a raw turkey. You know, it's this just... is Jersey. <laughs> Damn straight. Kick a motherfucker right into the Hudson. Um, So it, 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 it triggers you, right? It triggers you in that way of, uh, you know, activates all these little things and it does a great job. It, it, it is a historical, uh, it's a historically accurate story. The Battle of Thermopylae did happen, but what kind of dummy didn't know that it didn't happen? Oh, it wasn't a comic book in real life? No, comic books, much like most art, they take liberty. They take creative license. That's what it's fucking called. Uh, we didn't mention Nick is a very, very accomplished writer, so he'll he'll tell you. Um, he, a lot of the pieces that he's written have come exclusively from life, but he's not he's not a reporter. He's not recounting word for word what happened and then this and that, that because that's boring as sin. So you you take creative license. Mm -hmm. I can't ever I can't ever uh, fault anybody for that. This particular article and I'm going to quote it uh, incorrectly in advance. So I, I do apologize, but it came across, I came across on a comic book resource.com credit where credits due. the, the, the woman who wrote the article, Margaret lock lock -Eyer, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, but she made these points that I had to acknowledge because she made them. And I, after I quelled my, why I order, yeah, how very dare you, um, <laughs> leather sarong off. I said, "Oh, it's it. It can be homophobic. It can be racist. It could be um, it it could be uh, it could project negative um attitudes towards differently abled people. What what are you talking about? Hold on a second. And then I'm flipping through. Page one. 
And yeah, exactly. I'm like, what's this credits bullshit? Oh no, that's some racist shit. Um, she she's she's dead on. She mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is she's dead on. So here we are. Here I am with something that I I love and I continue to love it because it activates the same way that a that a fudgy wudgy bar activates the 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 glands in your brain. There's glands in your brain, right? No, there's not. Um, it activates the activity that says you love this thing. That shit is still there. Yeah. However, now I can look at it and say, well, the movie, probably more people are familiar with the movie. Um, and the movie, it kind of has certain racist overtones of white versus black, actually, that the comic doesn't have. Because if you flip through the comic, the Greeks look Greek. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they look Greek. Um, whereas in the movie, the Greeks look like, you know, they were just fucking skiing. Uh, in the Swiss Alps, for the most part, you have Australians and Magnetos running around with no shirt on, and um, it it was like an Aryan army, and we're like rooting for them. Yeah, get the dark-skinned invaders, and you don't even realize that that has been triggered in you. Now, that being said, all that being said, I still love it. Yeah. I'll watch it if it's on. I'll read it. I'll probably read this tonight. Read myself to bed. Um, however. I'll read it and watch it with a little oh, could have done this, could have done that. And Frank Miller, in retrospect, I'm sure would agree. Like he would probably do certain things differently. Um wait, so you can't you sorry to interrupt. Can, you can't no, please, you, please. You can't separate that then. So now watching this is I was gonna get to something. I know before we started this, mm -hmm. we, we were talking about Revenge of the Nerds, and I was gonna go back into that because Yeah, uh, do it, do it. I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna throw it to you right now, Nick. So yeah. So here is something that I love mm -hmm. that I can admit to myself because, again, just to be very clear, nobody has asked me my opinion about that. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I don't want it to be redone and fixed. That's 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 yeah. my ultimate point, because, you know, one of the things like just just go a little bit backwards before I hand mm -hmm. it off, I promise. And Charlie, you can extend time if you need to for yourself. Um one of the things that you often will hear about things like Blazing Saddles is this like prevailing attitude of wah, wah, wah. You could never make Blazing Saddles now. Oh, how fucking astute. You dumb, dumb sucker butt. Of course you couldn't make it now. Fucking morons. Why would you? Yeah. It's all, that's like somebody saying you couldn't paint the Mona Lisa now. You don't have to, asshead. It's already been painted. Blazing Saddles has already been made. Blazing Saddles is perfect for what it is. It's mm. funny as fuck. It does teach you that racism is bad, ultimately, even though it's using terrible language and terrible scenarios and hateful situations. But by using them to his advantage, Mel Brooks and Cleavon Little and, and, and Gene Wilder, they've, they taught us something. We didn't know we were being taught something, but they did. They made us less of assholes than what we really are, <laughs> right? They're responsible for reducing that per, that portion. Now, that being, yeah, I mean, it was hard work. <laughs> They're very talented people. Um, but but that being said, you don't have to re. You would never have to make remake Blazing Saddles. But could you could you put together a new three hundred? I guess. I mean, the Battle of Thermopylae has been retold in a lot of different formats. Um, I don't think they're going to add a writer onto the beginning of 300 when it pops on. But when you're watching it, 
you know, you can think at least for a minute in between the gore fest and the Schwarzes just hanging out all over the place and, you know, and, and the 17 rows of abs. You're like, I didn't know that. How, how, how do they have that many? That doesn't seem that must be CGI. Um, you know, the, the thoughts can can be in there where you're like, eh, you know what, Leonidas, you played my man kind of dirty, bro. And maybe if you hadn't done that, maybe they wouldn't have found the goat pass and all your men fucking died because 300 soldiers holding off an army is a fucking miracle. It didn't have to have a tragic ending, potentially. Like, if you're just looking at it narrative form. So you can you can watch Blazing Saddles and not need a writer or take it. It doesn't affect you. You can watch or read 300 and acknowledge what um, that it's not perfect. You know, and, and we aspire towards perfection when we wake up in the morning, but none of us, I think, really expect it. So it's 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 challenging to attribute that to everything else in our lives, to work and to relationships and to entertainment. This better be perfect or else it's not going to be perfect. And some things are more perfect or less perfect than others. But you you love what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, but acknowledge it. Don't stick your head in the sand. Pretend that it doesn't happen. So for me. It's 300 is my example of that. Like, not perfect, but I still love it. But I can still say this is wrong and that's wrong and this could be fixed and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Nick. Do you have a love that's imperfect in your life? Oh, I, I have plenty because, again, I always bring everything back to the 80s. Uh, <laughs> there, If you look at 80s movies growing up. The entire up, decade could fall into that category. Basically, I mean, every movie there was there was racism, there's sexism, there's, there's everything and all that, and it it doesn't change my love of those movies. Still, I can look back now as an adult and go, "Wow, I didn't didn't see that," you know. And, you know, thinking of Ghostbusters, how Ernie Hudson's character is so thrown away; he's not even on the poster. And he's a great character. Twice. Twice. Both movies. They like do not acknowledge him. Exactly. But so a movie that has I felt gotten a lot of um sting in the in the later years is Revenge of the Nerds. Uh a movie that I love. I love Revenge of the Nerds. I think it's one of the funniest funniest 80s movies out there. I could watch it Mm -hmm. over and over again. Um, but and do. And do I do watch it a lot, but it's a movie that unfortunately, if you watch it now, it with newer eyes, it doesn't right. really age well. And there's an argument. So I'm on a uh, on social media. There's a uh, '80s group chat that I'm part of. Of and course I, you are. Of course no, I am. I'm, and I'm part of it. He started it. started it. No, I didn't start this one. Someone else did. <laughs> I will admit. But I love it because it, it, there are so many movies I didn't even know existed that I was able to learn about, and then also. Oh my god. Then, Goodbye right away because I'm crazy. But <laughs> but on we were having a discussion on that page about um, Revenge of the Nerds, and I wrote, "Love this movie, you know." But unfortunately, some moments don't really age well. Mm-hmm. And there was one gentleman on there who took strong offense to that, to the point where he came very combative and very challenging about what didn't age well. And so I brought up, you know, we were having a discussion, and the I said, "Rape." Well, basically, well, this guy doesn't realize that. What's a little bit of rape among friends? So, but even before I get into the, the 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 rape part, I want to put it in quotes because it wasn't yeah. intended to be one, but it comes yeah, off that the, way. The context wasn't rape. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah, but I said the the shenanigans. I'll put the word shenanigans for <laughs> that the, the hijinks, does, the hijinks the fraternity does. The idea that the one black character is also gay. 
um, that the Lambda 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 fraternity is basically this. Um, uh, it's the, the the tough black characters who uh, you know who looked at as tough thugs. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. that idea. But then you have the scene in which Poindexter is you know tricking Betty Monroe until having oral sex, and it's. Uh, the, the scene wasn't written to be that way. The writers have even said that it was written to be almost comical in a way, but the writers themselves have admitted that scene does not play well. They regret the scene and would not do it today. But the individual I was talking to could not take that in his mind saying that took the movie away from him. It took away his memories of it. And I remember that going back. No forth. sense. It doesn't. And I remember going back and forth with this gentleman, and I kept saying, and I finally gave up because it, would, it came to the point. <laughs> What's where the point? You could. He had his stance. He wasn't changing. Right. But I said to him, "Goes this should not change how you feel about this movie." I remember watching it with a with a friend of mine who'd never seen it before, and she's watching it and goes, "That's a little messed up." Yeah. And it, and it, her saying it was like, "Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's yeah. a little messed up." Yeah. Sometimes but, you need that. But it doesn't change the movie. It doesn't change the memory of it. It just when I watch it now, I just go, yeah, you know, we couldn't. Right. That can't be done today, and it looks bad, you know. And anytime I show that movie to somebody who's never seen it before, I almost give them my own little disclaimer. <laughs> and I would say, hey, just so you know, some of these jokes don't really age too well. Um, yeah. But you know, just take it for what it is. Take it for the time period it came out in, and, and then you go from there. But no, I mean. It's you're gonna go back. You're gonna go see all these movies. You're gonna see all these things, especially from the early to mid to the early two thousands, nineties, eighties, seventies. Down the line, we can go all on the forever. way down the line. All you're the gonna, way. You're gonna see high levels of stereotypes, uh, racism, and everything. And, and before I turn it over to you, Charlie, there was one movie in the eighties that I think if you haven't checked out yet, that you should. Everyone should. Uh, it's called Hollywood Shuffle, and it was written by uh, Robert Townsend. Um, if you know Robert Townsend, he did like uh, Meteor Man, Meteor and, Man himself, uh, the Five Heartbeats and stuff like that. And it's about a black actor struggling with stereotypes in Hollywood. And I mean, he calls it out. It's it's a very funny movie. It's very true to life. I think Keenan Ivy Wayne's also did some writing on it as well. Nice, uh, very How, true to life. When is it from? 1980, like mid 80s, I would oh, say. Oh wow, okay, okay. 87 around there. Uh, but it's it's so true to life. It's so dead on um, how black actors, especially around that time and even the past, were being stereotyped sure, into sure. certain type of characters. And it's this. It's a com- it is a comedy, but it's the actor's struggle right. to 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 get through to be a real working actor, but having to play these characters that he's embarrassed to play. Well, uh, you yeah. know, um, Charlie and I are both huge fans of John Leguizamo, yeah. and. The way that he gets across the majority of his points is through just this broad comedy and and reflection. I mean, one of the stories that he tells famously in one of his stand-up specials was like his very first. I mean, he's like a classically fucking trained actor, never mind the fact that he's funny as hell. But his first role was a drug dealer on Miami Vice. Like you look at you look at John Leguizamo now. You tell me you're going to buy Advil off of him. Come on. (laughs) You gotta be choking. Like he's a whiter, he's whiter than you. Might be good Advil though. You never know. Well, I can't take <laughs> Advil because of the whole blood pressure situation. So fuck Advil as far as I'm concerned. But... Buddies. I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what's what's crazy about all of this is and I understand the the passion and arguments from both directions. I really, really do. 
because movies get made in a very specific time mm-hmm. and a very specific world. Mm-hmm. And then they get to live on for fucking ever. <laughs> and when a lot of these movies came out, they never thought they'd be on TV, let alone available 24 seven, 365 for viewing in fucking 2020 when we're all locked at home rewatching everything in high depth at- when it was filmed when it was recorded on film you're like how i drew this movie how is it in high depth now and what's what's screwed up is if you look at some of these classic movies cla- even out of the 80s clerks for mm-hmm. me gospel uh mm-hmm. kevin smith put together this this film that means fucking everything to me it's homophobic yeah. Jay Muse oh. in that movie makes all sorts of allusions to like, oh, fag shit. And that runs across all of the Kevin Smith universe. Kevin yeah. Smith's brother's gay. Kevin Smith loves gay people. It was never done with hate. Chasing Amy isn't about uh, any lesbian can be turned straight with the right dick. They say it in the fucking film and people still miss the message what happens on these films get to live and they 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 live it on in these in these beautiful ways sometimes well and charlie just not, not, not to slow you others. down too much because i i think you're dead on but you know and and nick uh can can back me up because like the the penny book that you buy when you're writing a script the first on the first page they say show don't tell yeah. So in something like like chasing Amy, you you make a um, you bring up a good example. Um, even if the point was not, well, you can fix a lesbian with just some deep dicking. Um, if people didn't get it, oh, hold on. Yeah, I'll dance it out. Wait till next year, mother suckers. Um, but yeah, just just a little extra, well, a little overtime for the boys in blue. Um, <clears throat> what I was gonna say was, and, and I don't mean this to be Kevin Smith sacrilege, because he, again, we know I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, if people didn't get the point, an artist's point, to me, that's like, well, that means that it's a failure. It's a failure to a degree. Uh, on the artist. And I think somebody like Kevin Smith would 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 agree. I hope to I hope to find that out. I'll I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, so so yeah, you you know you're right. In movies like that and the ongoing well, but, uh, homo, but, homophobic stuff yeah. is in the more recent outings. Like so so Jay is shown to be well, he's homophobic. But on the same token, there's a lot of like there's a lot of winks to the camera and like suggestions. So. As a character, I know if I'm writing a character who maybe has certain proclivities, I'm gonna throw in a well, the, he he talks a lot of shit against, but in his yeah, you know, in no, his but, soul, but it's a different thing. That's in, the writing of it. Yeah, in no way am I defending Kevin Smith, and and uh, I didn't see Chasing Amy in theaters. I saw it on VHS uh, religiously, and I I got it. I didn't miss the message. That film didn't read to me. Like you can turn a lesbian. Um, but but I you, think, were up, 
But you, sorry, you grew up in a different time. Though. I did in a that, different that, environment too. Nick, that, don't get him started with this youngest thirty. Come on, he's the he's youngest thirty-five-year-old. Damn it! In damn all it, the world. Damn it. But, but it's true though. But you, oh. you grew up in a time where you can. I mean, it's because it, these people look at things so differently now. I mean, you grew up at a time in the nineties where you had movies like that coming out consistently that you could go. It was almost common. It's like, oh, look, okay, I, I get it. You know. Unfortunately, I don't even yeah. mean I don't even mean unfortunately, but we have you know the, the newer generation of people see things very very differently, and yeah. that's great, and the that's fine. Is very and, my, and they yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, my, no, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. But my my the, my main point in overtime, and I won't I won't beat it to death. The goalpost has moved, yeah, and that's when we do need statements. Chappelle show season one and two, in my opinion, oh. existed in a world. That was turning over. Mm -hmm. Um, this the first season of Chappelle Show. Brilliant. No one oh, had brilliant. to question um the intent of the joke or the intent of his language. He's stopped doing that show for season three, and he's said many times in interviews, and I think he's brilliant. He, he brilliant. said in a million different interviews, he's when he didn't know if people were laughing with or at him, mm. that's when he laughed, mm. left. When the racial when the racial stuff started being like ha ha, ha they they are all n words ha ha ha. The minute someone laughs too hard at not the punchline, yeah, the goalpost moved. Sure. And he's a great example because his comedy is completely his voice, and he very clearly has made it known in specials and in interviews that he's not necessarily comfortable with gay relationships, but a person who learned under his tree, a great comedian. I don't know if there are businesses out there, but a, but a great talent is gay and it's known and Chappelle knows. And this is one of his main like people under him. Somebody actively gets paid and puts yeah. in the limelight so that you know they what, can though, do their that, message. That, that's also a slippery slope because um that that does kind of reek of the well i i don't hate kryptonians some of my best <laughs> friends are kryptonians no 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 stuff. it does i'm not i'm and not I, saying that and i've never heard him use that as some kind of defense if anything and i respect him way more for it of course he's like, yeah i don't care what you think yeah no because I'm, he's I'm so I confident to know that. i hear you but what i'm saying is like he's so confident on his intent he's just trying like well, again i'm not going to speak for the man um he says it far better than I ever would. He's not he's not an apologist, mm -hmm. right? So I give I give somebody like that more credit uh and more respect than for somebody who immediately is like, oh well, I didn't mean it, but yeah. look, you it's a loss. You meant to get something across, you didn't get it across. You know what? Buck up, try harder for the next time. Yeah. And that's kind of like that's my overall point. Look, everything that came before. <laughs> That's what she said. Came before, and, and he's um, fired. <laughs> everything that came before, we can't, we we can't do anything, nor should we. Thank goodness, do anything yeah. about it. It exists. It belongs to the, you know, it belongs to the zeitgeist now, right? Um, all we can do is refocus anything that we're new that we're going to put out there, a la U.S. Comics, all inclusive, all the time. Um. We can focus on what comes next. You know, you you don't want to make somebody else's mistakes from yesterday today because 
while they may have an out, a get out of free card, you know, that they stole from the deck of Monopoly and hid under their butt cheek like Charlie. Also, don't put money under go. It's it's a house rule. It's bullshit. Um, if you're making material now, you don't have that card. No, you don't no, have Charlie taking cards from the deck. So and, fuck off. And like Nick, I love movies from the 80s and 90s, and, and I love that shit. But the world is what it is. And if I don't start fucking seeing people with my ethnic background on fucking TV, I am going to fucking lose my mind. Because <laughs> that time's passe. You're not dressing up an Italian and calling them a Puerto Rican on my Sorry, watch Nick. any I'm fucking positive. more. Doesn't mean I don't think West Side Story rips. Nick, I do. Nick I think pass. that's just great. Nick, Nick can pass. We can we'll get a little arroz con candule, and he, it's over for him. He's he's all the way in, dude. So, well, I'm, Nick, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm, you I'm, a. I'm sorry, I don't watch Telemundo. <laughs> I'll I'll fucking show you Telemundo, motherfucker. I don't speak Spanish either. I don't know what they're saying, but I know they're bomb piece Charlie women. Is more Italian than Nick. I swear to Christ. Just I don't know in the fact where that I we really got him love from. Pizza. But the gray hair kind are, of messed everything up. So, but we are right here, uh, in kind of the middle because my long winded ass brother, yeah, sorry about that, just the worst. Uh, just had to blah 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 blah. But it's time for unsolicited advertisement. Yes. This is the sh- point in every episode where we talk about commerce, shit that's near commerce. and dear to our heart this week i want to talk about the newest addition in my life that is my my baby boy jameson ray came into my life by way of the adoption center uh you can follow the adoption center on instagram or facebook they get dogs from all around uh the united states and they help uh people find their children in essence they're furry children they're four-legged children for the most part um but they are absolutely amazing it's a completely reputable i'm a big fan of adopt don't shop um fantastic fantastic company you follow them on facebook and instagram and they periodically put up groups of dogs that are available for adoption uh you go ahead and you express your interest you're then vetted you do some paperwork and if you're compatible you got yourself a new buddy to keep you up all night. But God damn it, is Jameson Ray just worth every sleepless night? Adoption Center on Facebook and Instagram. Trust me, you can't go wrong. If you're looking for a fur baby in your life, we're all quarantining. We're home a lot. Maybe it's time for you to have a new addition. Uh, if that time is right for you, Adoption Center, Facebook and Instagram. That's my plug of the week. That's a good one, Charlie. That is a good one. Um, So for my plug of the week... Uh, this is one of those things that comes along so infrequently. Uh, and, and we talked about kind of um, if some is good, more is obviously better. I, You know, I'm a big proponent of long-form storytelling. I think that you can get a lot more across to your audience. And uh, I'm so grateful that somebody agrees with me because uh, good friends of ours and of the program um, Chris D'Amato and Louis Aquiller uh, have adapted. They've adapted their uh, their New York City International Fringe Festival bomb piece. And Nickel Nickel tell you these credentials mean something. These guys are award winning playwrights. Um, they're adapting their piece from the festival, The Information War. That's right. 
It's a complete, complete takeoff off of psychopath, psychopath uh, from from uh, the Info Wars, um, Alex Jones. What a nut job! This is the type of guy that if if a writer came up with him, you'd get your head shakes. You're like, look, he's funny. He's great to laugh at. He's just completely unbelievable. You got to tone him down a little bit. Except this guy is friggin' real. So. <laughs> Um, our, our buddies, Chris. Don't Lewis, listen to U.S. Comics <laughs> Cast. There's aliens from it's, the moon. They're dumping the podcast to... into the river and turning the frogs gay. All right, all right, Alex. I, I, again, you're, I don't, I don't, I don't watch. I don't watch Telemundo. <laughs> you need to get on board because Alex <laughs> Jones definitely does. Um, so in any case, they're they've adapted this play into an upcoming ten episode um, series. That is awesome. Right now, they're 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 at the crowdfunding source. So, I highly recommend if you've got a couple of extra shekels burning a hole in your pajama pockets, um, take it over to indiegogo.com. Uh, look up, um, uh, look them up. The Information War is the name of the project. Um, they made an awesome video to introduce it and explain it. I'll just give you the, the short form of the form of it. Um, again, it's been adapted into a 10 episode web series. Um, I mean, I, I, again, I, I'm going to do it a disservice. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and read it. Um, so here we are. America present day, the age of misinformation. Madness has besieged the nation. What is fact? What is fake news? One thing is certain, there's a war on for your mind. Famed alt-right conspiracy theorist and radio personality, Alex Jones has made an excellent living for himself, capitalizing on the fears and paranoia of an increasingly divided populace. From his Infowar studio in Austin, Texas, Alex is not only going to foil the globalist scheme to poison, cripple, and enslave the population, but he's going to sell you bottles of super male vitality, which Nick is on, and caveman true paleo formula bone broth, which I am currently drinking right now. While he does it, little does Alex know that the phrenic fervor he has whipped up among his followers, alliteration, has physically manifested itself into something dark, powerful, and very alive. A great evil has birthed into the earthly realm, and Mr. Jones is about to be thrust to the front lines of a new kind of war where his wealth, marriage, sanity, and our entire civilization hang in the balance. If that's not a fucking plug of all plugs, I don't know what is. Guys, go to Indiegogo. Um, check out their um, check out their their page at Infowarshow on Facebook, on Twitter. You won't be disappointed. I personally vouch for the Teehees. Um, do it, do it, give him some money. I fucking love it. Anything to plug, Nick? Oh man, uh, let me think. I'm obviously I'm gonna make this 80s related, so I will, <laughs> I will plug, I will plug 1983. 1983, great, what a year. great, great year. Um, no, I'm gonna plug a fantastic documentary. You can get it on, it was on Netflix, I don't know if it is anymore, but. Uh, I know you can find it on Amazon. It's called uh, Electric Boogaloo, The History of Canon Films. Hell yes! Uh, that's amazing. If you want to learn, uh, Canon Films came out in the uh, they were, uh, 70s, but mostly in the 80s. They made 
some of the worst movies ever made, but some of the best at the same time. You know, the, the Masters of the Universe and Breaking One and Two and all those w- movies. And it's a, it's a fantastic documentary. And over details. the top, baby. Over, over the top. And uh, great documentary. Turn it backwards. <laughs> great documentary. I, 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 switch. I bought it a few years ago uh, at a whim. I'm like, oh, this, this looks cool. I'll buy it. And it's one that I watch consistently. Uh, you can get it on iTunes as well. I think it's like maybe 10 bucks. But check that documentary out. It's fantastic. Uh, it really covers a great a great decade of movies. Um, and movies that you love. That was so bad that you love them. Um, and I'm sure a lot yeah. of them are racy and sensitive. So yeah, uh, absolutely. It would, it would absolutely. go with the topic that we were talking about. Get your notebook out. Start taking uh, <laughs> t- taking little notes for yourself. Um, Speaking of kind of my tie-in. You see that shit? That's, I that's like a this. professional. I'm gonna I'm Are gonna we? piggyback on him. Speaking of racially <laughs> insensitive documentaries, let's keep this movie talk happening. Oh shit! Okay. God knows I love it. I got so much shit from last week's episode because I once again mentioned how excited I am for the 21st of August when Bill and Ted Three comes to my. Do you home. have points? In this freaking movie, I every episode it. for like the last three months. I pre-ordered it today. Uh, twenty-five dollars is gonna get mailed to my house. The move, the moment it's printed, I will be probably spending between twenty-five and one hundred and twenty-five <laughs> when they finally show me what they're gonna charge for my home viewing. But it got me looking at the movie slate, and I started noticing something for the first time in recent memory. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I, I I like to bitch. Um, it's just fun. It's we know. fun to fucking no, play. no. It's just fucking. It's a good time sometimes. And I you're get really why, good at it. I get why Twitter exists. I totally get it. With that being said, uh, I started looking at the sequels coming out, and instead of my normal grimace, like when Dark Knight Rises was nine hours long and fucking nothing happened except they were like the cop's name is robin because robin's a bird fuck you you would would just said that no robin existed nolan fuck you buddy fuck you pal uh i'd rather watch you want to direct a u.s comics movie then oh no you're the the best do four of them it could be boring the last one as long as the middle one makes all the money you could flip shit upside down it's fine we yeah. got all kinds of budget. Uh, what I realized was there's a shit ton of sequels coming out, and they reek of awesome. Hmm. And they expand the multiverse of fucking time and space because what's old is new again. Um, and a lot of these movies that maybe had questionable beginnings now have a fucking chance to get everything right in a 2021 2022 sort of way. So I want you guys. Uh, to let me know if am I the only one excited? Let's start. Obviously, Bill and Ted. We've be, if you don't want Bill and Ted to come out and make all the money, you're my enemy. So let's <laughs> move on to Coming to America too. Yeah. Hot off the heels of uh, Dolomite is my name. Great uh, movie. We have, great, uh, great flick. Great. Oh, oh, so, so good. good on Netflix. Mm. It just rips. Um, so we have uh, Eddie Murphy and the director from Dolan- Dolomite is my name, uh, Craig Brewer, teaming up, coming to America too. Are you guys ready to get your McDowell's on? I'm what excited. 
I'm excited. I'm looking for, in that movie. I'm looking forward to seeing Wesley Snipes in that and the whatever character he's going to play because you know he's going to be crazy. So, <laughs> and I'm hoping he's Blade somehow. I know it's not going to happen, <laughs> but I am coming to America. That's one. That's a big one. That's what I'm looking forward to. What about All you, I have Johnny? To say is, yes, yes. Fuck you too. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, this is she one of those movies. To be. It, I don't care to a certain degree. I don't care what happens to any of the main characters. I don't care if they've stayed together, who hasn't been hit by a pack of hippopotamus. I just need sexual chocolate in my life. <laughs> I just, I just, that boy good. I, I need it. I need it. I can't wait for this movie. This is a movie that came dangerously close to being remade. And now on the outside of the end of the world, we're finally having people do the logical fucking thing. Rocky (laughs) has 95 sequels. Why the hell not just sequelize? Or John, a few weeks ago, coined the phrase, the reroute, where you take a character from a movie you love from the past and you make Ferris Bueller too, but it's about that bomb piece girlfriend he definitely didn't stay with. Because at some point she was like, "Get your ass off that float, sucker, motherfucker." Nick, um, you're as a as a child that uh, as a child of the '80s and as a devotee. How fucking brilliant! How brilliant am I? The reroute, not a reboot. I like that. I like that. Not a remake. Yeah, reroute. I like that idea. I like that concept. Uh, I've actually always liked that concept of taking a character, um, you know, minor character from another story and changing their, see where they go. And, and the focus, yeah. And, and some movies have actually done that. There have been a few movies out there that have taken, you know, and again, 80s, that have taken the, the minor character in the story and the sequel is them, you know, well, is the character. Let me, or let me, let yeah. me test the, uh, the Nick knowledge. Of the 80s. So mm-hmm. we all know that Red Sonia is mm-hmm. kind of an unofficial spin-off of Conan. Yes, it is. But they changed some of the proper names, didn't refer to people by name intentionally mm-hmm. in some cases. They were like, and- What happened to Onan K? <laughs> like, where's you know who? Um, but also there's been a long-standing rumor. That Red Scorpion mm-hmm. was like a, an unofficial spinoff off of what happened to Drago, but certain names were changed, code names are used. Now I, I, I heard it. I was like, I love that. In much the same way that I, I was like, yeah, no, the Emperor was Vader's dad, right? Like secretly. <laughs> um, just because you want something to be true yeah. doesn't mean you know we're not going to have the last season of Game of Thrones happen here. Well, it didn't end the way I thought it should, so that yeah. sucked. No, it was just fast, asshole, because these people have other job offers. Get over yourself. Um, Canonically, but... I think all the Stallone movies are the same guy. <laughs> I well, mean, there's, there's a uh, YouTube has a great thing in which the, the movie Snowpiercer, uh, people think Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka, uh, Willy Wonka or Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. And, and, yes. and the connection is actually really good. Like, I wow. fucking support Some it. Poor bastard laid up in night in his futon. Filled with pizza and Cheetos, and you know, Mr. Pib, and made those connections <laughs> named Charlie that would never come to a, 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 a sane 
non-caffeinated person, Cheeto finger stained, you know, just uh, you know, you don't you don't get to that point. But yeah, no, that that's one I'm all in for. I'm very happy that it's in sequel form, which yeah. it should be. Uh, talking about both Wesley Snipes and Sly Stallone, Demolition Man too. Finally. In May, Stallone said this shit's Finally. happening. I would watch a whole movie just about the three seashells. Everyone knows what a mark for Stallone I am. That needed uh, to be an after the credits extra scene. Like, what's with the three seashells, man? It's like, I get, come on, look, man. It's freeze people in a cryo jail. Fine. Have the police all wearing biker shorts. Fine. That's great. Taco Bell win- wins the, the uh, franchise wars. I'm all in. That's not a problem. But what's with the seashells? Hell, <laughs> Lord Jesus. You use the two to, like, grab the poop. No, stop it. You don't. You don't great. clamp on the poop. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Nick, Demolition Man 2. Not how as, how not, excited? Not as excited as you two are, obviously. <laughs> um, I, I, mean, I 93 falls out of your expertise. Well, I'll be honest with you. After 89, I don't know movies exist. <laughs> so, um, but no, like, it's, Oh, the old ending of movies in 89. Yeah. Um, after Batman, I'm like, there's, there's something else. Um, yeah, that's it. No, I mean, I, listen, I, I'm a Sloan Mark as well. I named my dog Rocky. So come on. It's, you can't go for it better than that. But, uh, no, I, I'll be out. I'd watch it, but it might be one of those like, Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> I don't, this and it one, might be, who knows? This <laughs> one might be too new, but 1991's the Rocketeer is getting a sequel, uh, from Disney. John, Rock of fucking tear, the yeah. most underrated superhero movie ever. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. You you know that I'm down for the Rockets here. I I love it because it was one of those. It's simultaneously a '90s movie, but also like a throwback to the you know to yeah. the to the Hollywoodland era of uh, swashbuckling adventures. I mean. Half the characters were tropes uh, of that era, so I, and I'm a big fan of both. Um, I love that. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, don't they have an animated uh, uh, sequel kind of going like an episodic sequel? Correct. It where, takes place is it his daughter, or she's just it's just a, a female young rocketeer? It's someone's daughter, but I, I don't haven't think seen it because it's it's not it's not aimed at adults from yes. what I can tell. Yeah, but all the bronies out there will tell you that doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking at Charlie when I say that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all in. I love me some rockets here. Love them. Love what uh, I I would mean. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, no, please. What, what is? And I might have talked to you guys off. You uh, better interrupt in this fucking war zone. You have to interrupt if you're going to be well, heard. Well, I'm going to bring up a big sequel coming out. Uh, I guess relatively soon. One that I know you two are going to love. Uh, but your thoughts on it? Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ooh! Oh, skeet, the vapors, dude! I, I, I can't wait. I, I can't am. wait. Everything about I'm gonna hand it over to Charlie because Charlie has exclusive dominion. I'm just like on the outside wait, waiting for a little for some table droppings. Um, I'm nowhere near as huge a fan as Charlie. The way that it's being handled yeah. is fucking to me, it's speaking to to my level of fandom about it. Because they're not saying here's Ghostbusters 3, 
here's not you know what we got in 2016 a complete reimagining of it here is a continuation that's it honestly it is that's almost a reroute it, yeah. however it's using characters that we haven't met yet honestly the only as far as i could tell the only recurring character not looking at imdb is ecto <laughs> you know um it's a reroute yeah. so by definition i love it I'm I'm ready. Chopped up. I don't I don't think I was emotionally ready for a Ghostbusters three that went back. To, it, it's a this is it looks. I, I have to judge it by how it looks because I don't yeah. fucking know. Mm. This shit looks like a movie. Movie. Well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Look like a comedy. It doesn't look. It looks like it's taking itself damn serious without the baggage. Of being overtly serious, there's well, like a, a kid's like again. I can only go by the context clues of the trailer, but there's a kid trying to get the ecto to work, and it doesn't seem like he's trying to get that car to work to like go bust ghosts. It kind of looks like motherfucker wants to take a joyride. Yeah. Um, Paul Look, Rudd's when you spend as much time in the upside down as he has, <laughs> yeah, give him a fucking break. Like, just take the keys, buckle <laughs> up. Don't touch any of the proton packs in the back. Paul um, Rudd, uh, uh, yeah. just clearly playing Nick, the obsessed like fanboy. Yeah, and I think he's a, he's an educator also. So this is yeah, like it's, it works out. I Nick hope might they're be cutting you back, bro. It is loosely based on me. I just didn't want to tell you guys that. So I, I, I've I'm, always had that feeling. Yeah. My burning jealousy. No, <laughs> Ghostbusters to me is one of those franchises. Another great example of a movie that's come under a lot of fire in recent years because of Peter Venkman. Um, and I had to like explain to someone, be like, you know, filmmakers, like, it's not a documentary. The filmmaker has to get some shit across, and bitches love Peter. Like, that's the point. He, well, he's he's not necessarily not he's to, tricking girls in as much as like at your the time. Point. We love the character of Peter Venkman because he's a dick. Yeah. yeah. But he's a dick. Yep. And and obviously, you know, ghost busting doesn't exist. But guys out there in the world that are dicks do exist. And you know what? Sometimes they can be charming in their dickitude. Yeah. And, like, you're also going to have people like, I fucking hate that guy, Peter Venkman. He's a dick. And, and the, you're gonna have people like I love Pete. He's a, he's a fascist and asshole. And the so, film so doesn't. That's, that's real. <laughs> but but again, talking about like I want to put the warning in front of Ghostbusters because it's like asshole. The movie's being very clear. Not everyone likes him. His door says his his door is not a pleasant door. No yeah. one tagged like I right. love Peter. There's on his no fucking yeah. Door. Doesn't make a difference how many halos you paint around his portrait at the end of two. He's uh, no angel. That that's Vernon, the damn sure. Vernon, Vernon Hellvegman, but uh. Well, you know what you, though? Honestly, the the change in tone is very um oh, appropriate exciting. for Ghostbusters though, because uh, you know what? We have our we have our court expert here. Like we've been calling in court experts week after week after week, and it's not going to stop, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but our our court expert will will explain that I'm right. Let me put my Perry Mason had on a little lower. Um, Nick, am I wrong? From one, mm -hmm. which was very much a movie aimed at adults, mm -hmm. to two, which was softened up significantly for children like Charlie. Yeah. Um, they're not the same tonally, same no, characters. No, 
Um, but one was a, a comedy, a, a comedy for adults, mm-hmm. people having sex with ghosts, you know, ghostly blowjobs and stuff like that. Whereas two, you like, you know, they, they make the joke at the pool table about like, oh, the licensing rights alone. Like they meant that shit. That yeah. that wasn't real script. That was the writers like actually having a conversation, and somebody just wrote it down. I mean, that, it was a typical 80s trope. I mean, you took movies that were aimed for adults, the first one's uh, adult-oriented movie, and then two or three or whatever down the line, all of a sudden became geared towards kids. You well, know, let's, yeah. let's There was a Rambo cartoon. Yeah, Rambo cartoon. Police Academy movies were adult-oriented <laughs> yes. until they became kids' movies. Um, there was another one I was just in my head, and I forgot. But, uh, Robocop? Yeah. Had a Robo- cartoon. Robocop became a cartoon. And if any of those cartoons did the money that my real Ghostbusters did, absolutely, Rambo would be like, "Hey kids, the fundamental values of math equations." That motherfucker would have sold out too. Revenge, Revenge of the Nerds, first one, adult movie. There's nudity. There's uh, implied rape. Now, part two is a kids movie. They're no. in. Miami Beach, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. we're, we're funny now. So, yeah, that was but, a, a difficult Where's the alcohol poisoning? What happened? Yeah. What happened to my movie? Much like Rocky Balboa was to Rocky Four, um, at some point, one of the things you can Two do perfect is- movies. What are you talking about? Like, what's <laughs> I, the- I agree? I, don't I mean, I, I love Rocky Four, but that movie's a cartoon, it is a <laughs> forest, yeah, it's a cartoon. And it's it is a card, but it's the first time that I can think of that a cartoon was weaponized against communism. Like, listen, take it, this. It ended the Cold War. We all know that. But can you if agree? I can change, and Nick can change. Then John does, can change. Does Creed? Does Creed two make Rocky four a better movie? Hell yes, it does. Yeah. I it think does. It does too. It's John up. hasn't come around to the dark side yet of acknowledging just how fucking tremendous Creed 2 is. Hey, look, to say Don't that look at me. All right. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna analogize this for the ah. dim-witted Charlie. So uh um you know a, a cheese sandwich when you're hungry is a it's fine, it's fine meal. Is it Thanksgiving dinner? No. Thanksgiving dinner is glorious. It's wonderful. It's you you talk about it for decades. Creed was Thanksgiving dinner. Creed 2 was a cheese sandwich. I'm not gonna turn down a cheese sandwich. I'm probably gonna have one like 10, 15 minutes. This is preposterous. But it, it's not Thanksgiving this dinner. Ain't no stovetop. Talking about the Italian stallion and his adventures <laughs> inside Rocky 7, Nick. We're getting Rocky. Seven, the studio's on board. Stallone's on board. He is not going to be in Creed Three. Rocky Seven is happening. What? Nick, I'll what? believe it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see that one. Really? I, I I'll believe that one when I see that one. Is he fighting the Grim Reaper? Apparently, like, what's happening? I I, I, I know. I know he wanted to do another one. He talked about it. It was something to do with immigration. I know that was like the storyline, a political side to it. I read that. <laughs> After he's know. killed all the Mexicans in the last Rambo movie, <laughs> now he wants to make an immigration Rocky movie? Yeah, I mean. Come on, that, Sly. That, that, you know I love you. And again, you know, <laughs> Nick, 
named his dog Rocky. I named mine Sly. So you know I love the man. I'm just saying. What the fuck? Maybe happened? he's getting a little punchy. What the fuck? I'm not sure if that rationale. What happened? That Charles? last Rambo I watched at John's house in Jersey like this. I didn't even that... to watch it. Nick, Holy you have shit! To. You have to. If, it is if Pinhead last from Hellraiser last was watching that movie, Pinhead would be like, <laughs> "Damn, that's some." That's that's fucking gruesome, dude. That's some violence right there. <laughs> Someone clearly took the script for that last Rambo, and they were like, "Where's all the hope in this movie? Nah, <laughs> let's fill it with heroin and have it die." Just, just. Where's oh? Is there a smile? Is there like a puppy in this movie? Oh, heroin, <laughs> dead. Look, there's two horses uh, for like five seconds. That that'll do it. Really, that whole movie oh, trailer is like. Look at old Rambo with his Latin family now, it, just on a horse. And when I sat he down, he have been flipping through like a ways to kill people for dummies, like one of those yellow bound. And he had them like in a row. Oh, how to build an underground bunker for dummies. Um, how to assassinate every Mexican in Mexico for dummies. How, you know, like it was, it in was so. It was it was kind of on the nose. In Red Dead Redemption, uh, the sequel, uh, online, there's a mini game you can play where you and like 18 strangers all try to kill each other in these tunnels. <laughs> that is fucking the last Rambo. Except you're definitely gonna lose to fucking Rambo. Yeah. He was um, he was a green and red striped sweatshirt away from being a fucking horror movie. <laughs> it was uh I mean, Freddy Krueger gave me nightmares when I was little. Uh, that shit ruined my life. That shit, I was like, I'm not going home tonight because I'm afraid of horror rape and being murdered. By a I'm going to throw a little knowledge on you. This is a little just side story here. So where I currently live right now, and uh, I can tell the area, I think, right? Am I cool with yeah, that? yeah, our stalkers yeah. are very I mean, respectful. So I'm in Potsdam, New York, <laughs> and Wes Craven used to work for Clarkson University. Oh, so West Craven, and he was a humanities professor. It is up here, around here, where where he wrote Nightmare on Elm Street. He named it off a street that is right down the block from me. That is called no Elm Street. The way it's called Elm Street. He based the um, the boiler room. So I, I helped run the theater stuff for Clarkson. Uh, we don't have the space anymore, but we had a theater space. And downstairs to that theater in that building, that boiler room is the exact replica of the boiler room you see in the movie. And Holy the shit! So I'm when I never visiting you, so when I, first, <laughs> when I first moved up here, I, I found out they used to do showings on, on Halloween in the theater of Nightmare on Elm Street, and then do a tour of the boiler room. Oh, how so, evil is that? That's like sleeping when you first moved there. That's so like people all. watching Jaws when they're in like floatables on a fucking open body water. Yeah, okay, I'm going right into the basement at Clarkson. That but sounds good. The plan that I had that got shot down was, well, let's bring it back. Let's watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's give them a tour of the boiler room, but not tell them someone's down there. <laughs> and that got vetoed very quickly. Nick was like, uh, let's roofie them all so they fall asleep. And then when they wake up, we'll have moved them all to the boiler room. It'll be a it'll be a gag. 
It'll be a hoot and a holler. Yeah. If you trick them into thinking they're hanging out with their boyfriend. But surprise, it's a nerd. The fuck's wrong with you, Nick? A few, a few chuckles. There's only been a few chuckles. That I been. thought you were Darth Vader. Was that that would have been better? That would have been better. <laughs> you saw what I look like at the end of Return of the Jedi. I look like Billy Joel playing the harmonica. You're not looking for that. Terrible. I love you, Billy. Top I love you, Billy. Top Gun 2. Uh, if there is not. Uh, a volleyball Ooh. scene that makes me at least question myself. Yeah, come yeah, on. I'm going to be pissed. Uh, Johnny Boy, you're arguably the biggest Tom Cruise fan I've ever met other than the man himself. Uh, Top Gun 2, how excited are you? Do you have the need the need for speed? You, I think you F. Murray Abraham. No, I do. I cannot wait for this movie. I will... I will go into the ground shouting to the last of my breath in my in my lungs. Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star that we have in our miserable lives. He's a hit maker coming in at five foot nothing, middle tooth, right centered. He made a career. I can't wait. For top, I am requesting a flyby. I don't care if the pattern is full. It's going to be the highway to the danger zone. I will keep on dropping <laughs> quote after quote. Someone got to stop me at some point. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it going down with great balls of fire because, you know, I, you know the shower was notwithstanding. I can't wait for this movie. Just hearing that movie, this is one of those flicks. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know if it was, it's an 80s thing because, and this is actually a game show I'd love to put together with Nick and Charlie can watch. Um, I would love to do a name that movie by the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And depending, and it would be like one of those, like, uh, name it in five, you know, five notes or what, five, uh, you know, get, get the fuck out of here. You know what? Um, those movies were the second that the movie soundtrack hits it's goosebumps like you know what you're in for you're about to get inverted and um you know i just i just can't wait all i'm hoping for and, and this is um this is a relatively short wish list for me i realize that military technology moves on seeing seeing the sarge play uh, you know, new version after new version after new version of gaming, uh, you know, uh, battlefield games um, I, informs me right away. I understand that we've got about 20 generations of fighter jets away from the F-14 Tomcat, but I need to see at least, I don't care if it's parked, like wings extended um, or swept back, that'd be better, but uh, it doesn't have to be in the air. I, I had better see a tangible F-14 Tomcat in the movie. He doesn't have to fly it. He can be in the Super the Super Hornet, F-18, whatever. Um, that'd be fine. I, I need the cameo. Like I, that, that fucking plane is a character plane, in the movie. Absolutely character. Absolutely. That's all the toy lines. They have a Top Gun toy line. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it was in preparation for really? the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like four kids. It's like not particularly like high it's oddly huh. low end well okay. I, I i do know that gi uh, joe had a like it was bigger than me when i had it like and i did want the aircraft carrier 
And when my mom, uh, my mom, not Charlie's, uh, when our mom saw the price tag, boy, oh boy, did she laugh. Woo! Yeah, my mom did the exact same thing. There was no way. Also, who no the way. fuck has the real estate? Like, no. you'd have to get rid of your bed. Yeah, no, you put it on the bed. You put some blue sheets on the bed, Charlie. Like I explained it to mom. Yay, those many years ago. Put blue sheets on the bed. And then I roll out the uh, sleeping bag and I sleep on the floor so that the USS Liberty has a place to dock. Because, damn it, if G.I. Joe is going to put it on the line to defend this country, that's the least that I can do, Mom. I mean, Charlie. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, so, with true. all those amazing, uh, I'm going to name drop one more, but then I have a question for you guys Robocop. Uh, they're finally what? giving Robocop a proper sequel. Uh, Robocop wow. returns. Now, this was greenlit after Terminator Dark Fate. They thought it was going to make <laughs> all the money. Uh, it didn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, it's it's happening. It should be released next year. Uh, hopefully mm. COVID didn't push it back too far. I'm frothing at the mouth. But with all those amazing 80s films and early 90s films that are getting sequels, uh, Nick, I got to ask you, with only three minutes left on the clock, um, and that's all for all of us. So two minutes, really. Um, what's an eighties movie you're desperate to see a sequel for? I finally have Ghostbusters Afterlife. What Ooh. do you want uh, as sequel bait? You know, <laughs> I'm gonna pick a weird one. I, I'm gonna say Starman. Shocking, Starman. Starman, very yeah, good. A, a movie I watched. I'd never seen it before. Recently bought it during the pandemic. I stocked up in a lot of 80s movies. But <laughs> I watched Starman. And I know like they made like a TV show sequel. But I would like to see a return to that character again, that storyline. I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, I mean, don't be wrong. It would be great to see another Ferris Bueller. But I think that would ruin the original movie if they did it. Um, but Starman would be my choice. Very nice. John, very what about good. you? I know that I'm up against the clock, but I, I can't just give you one. So I'm going to give you two in rapid succession. I want another vehicle from a man, Tom. I want legend two. I want um, clearly, you know, Tim Curry's got another one in him. I know slap the horns on darkness. Where is it? It doesn't, um, have it. it doesn't have it in He's anymore. got it. CGI, Nick. It's fine. We'll, we'll do what we got to do. We'll I, love him, I love him. We'll make no. it happen, brother. The, the, <laughs> The, the budget's good. Um, right. <laughs> but also, I, I'm desperate to see a new Last Starfighter. Oh, okay, yeah. Last Starfighter is a solid, solid, solid Ooh. choice. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, just under the wire. Uh, fantastic, fantastic Guys, time. That was Nick, a great fucking episode, man. So much oh. for joining us, John. We're supposed to wait till we're offline for you oh, to say. Oh, sorry about that. Man. Sorry, just just said. But Nick, you were a fantastic guest. Uh, hell of an expert. Uh, we gotta we gotta have you back on. Yeah, you on air. And we're we're gonna need you in court. That's official. Um, all of our guests were <laughs> we're bringing them in um, large largely due to the fact that they have undeniable legal expertise in their particular topic matter. So um, it's legally binding, Nick, that you have to come back. We sure. we need you for our defense above all else. 
No um, you got to come back, dude. You were great. No, please. I, I, I Thank you for having me. I was honored to be on. And just, just ask me and I'll be on. You got to raise your, raise your game, bro. You could be honored much better. <laughs> Those of you at home, remember, <laughs> our guest, Nick, is pro uh, questionable activities in a school bus with late. Uh, no, no, that wasn't the takeaway. No, no, not at all. That's my bad. That's my bad. I gave you I'll, a specific legal writer. What's I'll, wrong with you? Guys, now we need we read. need a writer at the beginning of every one of our episodes. Thanks, Charlie. Sorry. Son of a bitch. That's that's my fault. But ladies and gentlemen, you know what to do. That's give this video a like, a share, uh, follow do us. It. Do it now. Media. It's at US Comics HQ. I know what some of you eagle-eyed viewers on Facebook are saying right now. You're saying, ah. Oh, the Griffin logo looks different. That's right, sucker, because that's the social media icons instead of the stars. I'm getting that shit printed on a shirt because I thought John put it together, and it's so goddamn clever. But Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of it is at US Comics HQ, where you can see us every single Wednesday night right around 8 o'clock. You can look at our beautiful faces. You can see uh, this week the man, myth, legend, Nick. Uh, you'll see him again. So make sure you follow us. There's like all sorts of alerts you can do so that you get our stuff in your news feed first. And it's do a it. race to triple digits. Ooh, baby. Oh, yeah. If you're going to get on board, baby, get on board now. Now is the time. You can also hear this in audio-only form every single Wednesday morning. It is released U.S. Comics Cast anywhere. You can hear a podcast. I want you guys to do me a huge, huge, huge favor, and that's tell someone about the show. Even if you hate them, you guys could have something <laughs> you like each other about. And It'll it make be them awesome. a better person. You'll have more stuff to talk to them about. That shit's just a Come fact. Come on, mending fences. <laughs> for Nick, for the CEO, John, I, of course, am Charlie the C. Oh, oh. And uh, there's only one way we end U.S. Comics Cast, and it's not with a goodbye. It's not with well wishes. It's with, right now, I'm going to give you one freebie. I'm going to tell your ass to wear a mask, stupid idiot. But, John, how do we really end every single episode of U.S. Comics it's in here someplace. Oh, that's right. Bad Mary, take us out. Oh!
Wake up.